Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome in to another edition of MCM Radio. I am Jimmy Morris at jmorrismcm on Twitter, mcmmiracles.com at titansmcm. All right, so we continue kind of the fallout from the Titans, also the Giants. Uh, you know, I was obviously heavy the other day on the Todd Downing stuff, and I don't <laughs> after going back and watching it again and, and seeing stuff, I got I don't feel any differently about any of that. I I just think that the Todd Downing experiment should have been dead after last season. And he gave us no reason to believe. Well, I won't say no reason because there were some good things that I, that I thought they did. They did a lot of play action, so that was good. I mean, we've been last year. That was the whole thing about how you know they just they went away from it almost completely at times, which made zero sense because that was what you know the the Arthur Smith offense that Tannehill was so good in was built around was that was that play action game, and so um, you know they they did get to that. There was quite a bit of pre-snap motion, which is good. Um, you know, helps a quarterback define things sometimes and all of that stuff. I, I think you saw some of the Tim Kelly influence. And so if you're not familiar with Tim Kelly, he was the Texans offensive coordinator. They got fired after last year when they redid their coaching staff. And, you know, obviously worked with Vrabel, had a lot of success with the Texans um, as the OC there. And, um, you know, I, I thought you saw some of his influence in, in the past game. But the thing is, like, he he is going to help. I mean, and this is my understanding, all not being in the building. He's going to help draw up plays. He's going to help, um, you know, with, with passing concepts, pass play design and all that kind of stuff. But he's not calling plays on Sundays. We do know that. 
or Monday night this week. And he also, I, I would not, I would assume that he is not in charge of personnel decisions. Okay. So that is, you know, when, you know, the, the different packages that are on the field. And one of the big things that, you know, going back and watching that game, and I'm, I'm sure if you're on Twitter, you've seen it, the decision on the play where, um, that Derrick Henry ultimately drops the pass. Uh, the ball was probably thrown too late. Even if Henry catches it, I'm not sure that he can do anything with it there. Um, but that play, was, it was a third and four. They ended up kicking a field goal. If they score a touchdown there, the game might be over. All that stuff, right? You had three tight ends and Cody Hollister on the field on that play. Like, you're not giving Ryan Tannehill great options when he goes for that play fake, right? I mean, there's not... <laughs> there's not a lot out there for them to offer. So it's, it's that kind of stuff that you see and you're like, why, why are we, why are, why are, why are they still doing this? Like, why haven't we come, gotten to the point where it's like, Hey, let's put our best players in the field. That that's kind of my, one of my things that after like rewatching and going back and just, like I said, seeing some stuff yesterday, it just, it didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. And then when you look, when you go back and you look at, the the snap count stuff from from Sunday. Now we'll talk a little bit about defense and Caleb Farley here in a minute. But when you look at the breakdown in the skill position players, that the percentage of snaps that they played on Sunday, Robert Woods led all skill players played seventy one percent of the snaps. Great, Robert Woods wide receiver one, fantastic. Second to him at sixty nine percent was Jeff Swain. And, you know, Vrabel was asked about this at the press conference. He said, well, he's our best blocking tight end. Man, that's awesome. Like, good job. But, like, being the best blocking tight end should not be what gets you on the field 69% of the time. Like, you're just limiting what you can do on offense when that's concerned. Then, wide receiver two in terms of snaps is Nick Westbrook-Akina. Akina, listen. NWI is fine, all right? Like, I have resigned myself to the fact that he's a, he's a fine player, whatever. These people that, you know, when he was going to be wide receiver two last offseason, and everybody's like, that's okay. Like, that's not okay. It's not okay. He's an undrafted free agent. It's not okay for him to be wide receiver two on this team. That is not good enough, okay? Now, I do think that that'll start to change at some point, hopefully very soon. But he was second in terms of snaps from the receivers. They had Derrick Henry at 68%, fine. Um, Austin Hooper at 62%. Why he's 7% behind Jeff Swaim is, is I, I, it makes no sense to me. Because, you know, Hooper is billed as this guy who can do both things, who can be a receiver, who can also block. You're telling me that the difference in the blocking ability it, that that from Hooper to Swaim is worth having Swaim on the field 7% more of the time. No, just like he shouldn't be on this team. But he certainly should not be in 69% of the plays. All right, next is Kyle Phillips at 48%, followed by Traylon Burks at, Traylon Burks at seven, 37%. Those two guys need to be two and three, at least, in, in percent of snap plays. It should be Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, similar snap counts those are those are the guys that's a good group of receivers we saw i mean kyle phillips had some tough stuff he had a, he had a, the muff punt he had a drop that was big but he came back and made a really nice catch on that last drive a couple of nice catches uh in the fourth quarter so i mean i, I think you saw that they've got something in him i think he had like six for 66 Traylon burks was good when they threw him the ball 
Um, you know, Mike Vrabel talked on Monday about him needing to run through his route. You know, he kind of lost his feet on that deep ball that should have been called pass interference but wasn't. Um, but, you know, those two guys need to get up in the rotation. They need to be – it needs to be Woods, Burks, Kyle Phillips. Westbrook Kine is fine in certain situations, all that stuff. But he should not be – um, he, NWI should not be your wide receiver two in terms of snap counts. All right, and then defensively, the the really the thing that stood out stood out from a snap count perspective was the fact that Caleb Farley played so little. Um, and Vrabel, I thought, gave a pretty good answer on that in the press conference yesterday when he said basically right now they they're trying not to o- overload Roger McCreary. Roger McCreary is ultimately going to be their slot corner. Um, but right now they're trying not to overload him being a rookie. And so they had Ugo Amadi playing slot and McCreary playing outside on, on early downs. And then third down, passing downs, that type of stuff, that's when Farley came in and McCreary moved inside. And just because th- there is a lot of responsibility when you're the nickel corner, the slot corner, because you, there are certain th- responsibilities you have in the run game and all that stuff. And being good at that kind of stuff comes with time and, and comes with seeing it and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I think eventually we'll, our, we'll, we will see that the three corners on the field are going to be Farley, Fulton, and Roger McCreary. But I think they're just kind of trying to ease McCreary into that. So, you know, I was okay with that response. He seemed happy with the way that Farley played and the way that he's played so far. So, um, you know, we'll have to see if it plays out that way. Because, um, you know, obviously, you know, snap counts tell the story right now and Farley wasn't on the field very much. But if in a month, you know, if we're if we're sitting here at the beginning of October, mid-October, and Farley is the outside corner, I think we'll all be fine with that. Um, you know, and listen, I, I mean, I said yesterday on, on Music of Miracles, if Farley is not good, the, those two drafts, the, the 20 and 21 draft, uh, you, like you're not going to want to like John Robinson is going to want to have those removed from his resume because 20 is, is bad. 21, if you don't have Farley, there's issues there. So, um, you, you know, he, John Robinson needs Farley to be good. And um, like I said, they, they seem at this point to still be happy with what he's done. Vrabel was frustrated with him last year. You could hear that in the in the stuff, like in camp and, and at the beginning of the year before he got hurt. He's had a different tone about him this year, so I, I do feel better about where he's at, but we just need to see it play out. We need to see him get on the field. So that'll do it for today. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, the Titans, luckily, I think, escaped – with minimal injury stuff from this game. So that's always good. That's, you know, one of the first things that, that you want to see from a, from a game is for people to emerge healthy. So that's a good thing, but they'll be back on the practice field on Wednesday. Well, I guess they'll be, they'll probably practice today, take Wednesday off, and then they won't have to do a, they won't have to do an injury report until Thursday with the Monday night game. So we'll be keeping up with all that. MuseumMiracles.com. Check that out. Follow me on Twitter at JMorrisMCM at Titans MCM. So this is Jimmy Morris saying thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.